Danielle this week. I uh, was supposed to come in last week from a birthday celebration. I just want to thank everybody for being a part. It was just a great day, and we had a really, really good time, and uh, i just uh, very, very thankful. And uh, the jersey came in on Monday, so uh, it's not that I play left tackle. It's my age, and my name's on the back, so I don't get lost. So uh, Anyway, thank everybody for all their work and doing that. It's just a great celebration, and uh, the whole thing was just highlighted with... Um, with love and and uh, just I enjoyed every part of it. Um, some of those pictures go back a long way. Some of my cousins that have gone on to be with the Lord, and it's just a lot of great things. So I, I thank you guys. Give yourself a hand clap. Everybody was involved in that. I thank you guys for that. And today we're going to be talking about actually um, where the power of God and the love of God fits in to our marriages and our relationships. And uh, if you're married today, I just want you to stand up real quickly. I'm not going to embarrass you. If you're married, and uh, all right, look here. We got all these married folk. If you've been married, um, if you've been married 50 years or above, um, just hold up your hand. 50 years or above. Anybody? 40 years or above. All right. The Perrys, thank God. 40 years and above. Thank you. All right. 30 years and above. Thank you, man. Everybody look around, 30 years and above, 20 years and above, 15 years and above, 10 years and above, 5 years and above, if you've been married less than a year, <laughs> Monty, Monty's excited about that. Anyway, uh, I want to congratulate you, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for all of our marriages, we have... All these people here, and many in first service, and people couldn't be here today, we just lift up marriage. I thank you for strength. I thank you for courage. I thank you for patience. I thank you for long-suffering. I thank you for life. And Father, we just give you praise, and we just give you honor, and we thank you, Lord, everyone married here is going to complete their purpose in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. If you're not married, uh, you're going to glean some things today because uh, you have relationships. Anybody here engaged to be married? Going to be married soon. All right, we've got two there, there. Anyone else? All right, we've got people engaged to be married. They're going to be married. You're going to step into. The Bible says the older can teach the younger, so I want to encourage you to be uh, um, a part of small groups, next steps, everything we do so we can learn from one another and so we can be blessed um, to understand God's purpose in marriage so we can understand it and have a good time. How many knows Valentine's Day is this week? How many knows? How many is expecting a Valentine's Day gift, card, candy, flowers, something? All right. You have not because you asked not. How many could care less? Amen. So, but we're going to talk about, uh, this year's about movement. And the Spirit of God, as uh, Pastor Brooks spoke a while ago, the Spirit of God, let, let me explain some things, what's happening in, in the world today. The Spirit of God, the Kingdom of God is moving. The kingdom of God is moving, and God is moving us from our safe, comfortable places in our churches and locations out into a darkened, confused world. And God is pouring in new wine, but He's not pouring it into old wineskins. He's recreating wineskins in our hearts and in our spirits so we'll be able to handle what God has in front of us. It's not necessarily going to always look like what used to be. The Word's going to be the same. Jesus is the same. The blood of Jesus, all those things are non-negotiables, but 
how we reach people, what we do, and he wants us to become more active in what he's called us to be and do as ambassadors, as a salt and light. And he wants us to claim a mountain. He wants us to claim a mountain. There's two mountains that we're all called to right off the bat. First of all is the mountain of family. We are called to find God's kingdom and purpose in the mountain of family. God has created family. He created family for a man and a woman to come together in union and holy matrimony and from that produce children and develop a culture. How many knows the devil's been against family from day one? And he has called us to step into a place of culture as the family. So men, I believe in 2019, we're going to find our places, maybe again, maybe never, as the head of the home, as the leader, as the lover, as the provider. We're going to find our place in the kingdom of God. We're going to find our place in the, according to the instruction of this word as we grow closer to the Lord, as we, as we become truly the branch that produces fruit connected to the vine. I believe the, the women are going to find their places as the keeper of the home called the long side. If you notice, God created Eve out of a rib. The rib's in the side. Eve is not supposed to be behind in all circumstances and situations. Eve's not supposed to be ahead. Eve is supposed to be by the side of a husband. Let me just, let me just say this to you guys prophetically. You here today whose mates are not serving God. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. The Bible says by your lifestyle and your conversation of life, you'll win them. Begin to declare. The key word this morning here was declare what the Word of God is saying. Declare your husband or your wife serving God, living for God, leading and following and submitting and doing all God's... Declare what God says. I believe it's going to be a year of not only movement, but restoration for our families, restoration in our lives, restoration and excellence that God's going to bless us with. And I'm excited about 2019. How many is excited? Well, we need to declare. And again, this is kingdom purposes. So one mountain of culture we're to take is the family. The second mountain we're all called to is the mountain of religion. Having a relationship with God. We're all called to a mountain of culture of religion or for better sake, a relationship with God. I'm not talking about a tit for tat. I'm not talking about rules and laws. I'm talking about a relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ. How many say amen? amen? I'm talking about His Spirit, His presence, His Word. We're all called to do that. Now, within that, and in this movement, you and I are going to be called to certain degrees of places in this world. The Bible says we're in this world, but we're not what? We're not of it. We're not of this world, but we're in it. And we're in it in these mountains. The mountain could be arts and entertainment. Our son right now, that is his mountain, arts and entertainment. And Carson is pursuing that for kingdom purposes, not him. Kingdom purpose. You know what Carson says? I'd like to see Christian movies made as well as the world makes movies. With the excellence and with all the stuff on it. His, his heart is to reach people through that. There's the mountain of education. How many here can honestly say, and I'll hold up my hand first, I just want you to know how important your life is. I want you to understand how important what God has done with you and where He has you. How many here can directly say besides Pastor Pat that your spirituality was highly affected by some of the teachers you had in grade school, middle school, high school, or college? Raise your hand. 
You had teachers that had the Bible on their desks. You had teachers that would declare what God's Word said. You had teachers that, that when they would allow you, would paddle you in one sentence and put you on their knee, and they would read you what the Bible says about godly discipline, respect, and love. How many had teachers like that? And they, they had accepted the call to their mountain. They accepted their call to their mountain. But like Brooke was talking about this morning, the devil wants to bring fear. And he wants to bring apprehension. He wants to bring all kinds of things to hinder us from stepping into where God has for us to be. And that's why God wants us to know that this thing of love is so powerful. The Bible teaches, if you turn to 1 Corinthians 13 with me, let's look at what it says, 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at what the Bible says about love. 1 Corinthians 13, um, verse 4. Let's look what it says. It says, love suffers long and is kind. It says, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself around. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. I want to stop here just a second. I want to stop here just a second. I want us to think about this. Is the majority of your time thinking about you and yours? Is the majority of our time thinking about what's benefiting me, what's happening to me, what's happening to my family? Is there any time in your life to scale a mountain so you and I can be effective in the world? In that dark place out there as lights, as salt, as grace? Because if you and I concentrate solely on ourselves, we're never going to step into the opportunity of becoming a part of another person's mountain or their life. And that takes sacrifice, that takes commitment, that takes, it really takes God's love. Let's get back to what the scripture's saying. And it says, it says, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil. We're talking about God's love here. And it does not rejoice in iniquity and sin, but rejoices in the truth. Why do we rejoice in the truth? Because the truth is going to set people free. Again, we do, not, we do not disavow fact, but we celebrate and we embrace truth. Fact is, your body might be fighting a disease this morning. It might be fighting cancer or heart disease or whatever it might be fighting. That's a fact. But the truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, that was defeated over 2,000 years ago. Amen. Healing belongs to us. The fact is, you might be clinically diagnosed as depressed or bipolar. And that is a fact. That there's so much oppression and depression against your mind and your soul that you're using medication. And if you're using medication, there is no slam on that or no shade on that. Because you use what God can get you to use till you get completely healed and made free. But the truth is, the thorns were pressed upon Jesus' skull with oppression and with a fervor so we can walk in the peace of God. That's the truth. The truth is, you might not have enough to cover this week's bills. The fact is that that's what the mailman brought you or the email come on your thing is. That's the truth of the natural facts. But the truth is, Jesus hung on the cross and became black in poverty so we can be blessed in this world's goods. That's the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen. The truth is, you might have failed umpteen times in situations, in relationships, in, in circumstances of life. That's a fact of the natural being. But the truth of God's Word is, God can heal what was broken and oppressed 
and set you on high ground. That's the truth. And the truth will set you free. Look what it says here. It says His love bears all things. I'm telling you, there's a time we just got to bear up. It believes all things. We're talking about believing the truth of God's Word. And it hopes all things. Because hope's going to hold you in the water till the boat gets to the other side. And His love endures all things. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord has delivered us how, how many? All. all of them. All of them. You know why we get depressed and stay oppressed? And we get depressed and stay depressed? We don't see, no, we don't see any future. We don't see anything getting any better. We don't see any movement. We don't see any change. We don't understand the kingdom. I'm telling you, if we could hear in the spirit realm this morning, the kingdom of God is beginning to march. The kingdom of God is finding her place again. The kingdom of God is becoming active. That's you and me. We're in the kingdom of God. We're citizens of another country. It's called heaven. We're passing through here. We're natural citizens of this nation. We are to abide by the laws of this nation and do what's according to what's written on the books until it violates the word of God. And the law that was set into place in New York about aborting babies the day of their birth is not God. And I will stand with anyone who violates that law because it is taking life. The fact of what they celebrated is not the truth of God's kingdom. Amen. And the Bible says, Jesus said, the violence is going to take it by force. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to get violent? I'm not talking about being rude or, or arrogant or mean. I'm talking about standing up for what belongs to you. I'm talking about defending what you know belongs to you by the inheritance of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about what Jesus paid for and freely gave to me and you because that's one definition of love, agape. The unconditional love of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world. The unconditional love is not based on performance. It's not based on how good we can be, how nice we can be, how many Girl Scout cookies we can buy. It's based on the blood of Jesus who took my place on the cross and your place on the cross so we could come off that cross and walk in freedom. That's the truth. Amen. But if you always gauge yourself by yourself, or Paul said compare yourself with others or by yourself, it's not wise. I guarantee you, if you constantly live in a land on an island of, comp of comparison, you'll never be happy, you'll never be fulfilled. you either be filled with pride or filled with pity. Amen. How about we live in his presence? How about we live in the truth of his word? How about we understand that God is moving in our life and I'm going to move this year from just giving in to sickness and disease to his health. I'm going to move from being in poverty and lack to his, to his blessing. I'm going to move from gossiping and complaining and whining to over here declaring what God says about my life. How about movement? How about movement? 65 is a lineman's number. Linemen, they don't get a lot of credit, but they get paid real well if they do it real good in the pros. And linemen pave the way. The men who put their hands on the ground make it happen. Either it opens up a gap, it opens up a hole for the runner to go through, or it protects the quarterback so he can throw the ball to skill players. Alignment. You can't have a great team, a good team, without a good line. And you know what? God's given us a line. It's the protection of his word. It's the protection of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, Jesus is calling the plays. He's the quarterback. He's still sending us on routes. He wants us to run our route. The ball will be there. Let me tell you something. When you and I do what God says and we do it accordingly, not caught up in what it looks like, sounds like, or feels like, when you make the turn, the ball will be there. Jesus doesn't make missed throws. 
Jesus always puts the ball in the hole. Our job is to run our routes. Our job is to walk in love. Our job is not let circumstances, persecutions, people coming against us, past sins, mistakes, hold us back. Our job is to recognize the season that we're in. And every season has a purpose. There's a season in this church now, a new season in this church to move forward and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not saying we have been, but we become timid sometimes. And we get into a maintenance mode. And if we just keep this going and just keep that going and twirl another plate, how about we put our plates down, lift up Jesus and let him do the call and let him do the scheduling of where we're going to be and do. He's got your future. He knows where he wants you in five years. He knows who he wants you with. He wants us to finish strong. How many can agree with that according to the word of God? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And the Bible says each season, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, each season has a purpose. Listen, you can't take last season's purpose and move it up to the season now. You can't take what was and move it up here, even if it was really, really good. We have to understand God's on the move. He's taking us to new places. There's people to gather. There's people to see delivered. There's people to be helped. How many say amen? The opioid crisis is not going to be solved by programs. It's not going to be solved by government throwing money at it. It's not going to be solved by giving them new needles. It's only going to be solved when Jesus Christ becomes number one in their life and they get supernaturally delivered by the word and the power of the spirit of God. Amen. That's how it's going to be solved. I'm talking about revival. I'm talking about life change. I'm talking about movement. I'm talking about what God is doing in our life. And, and you know, the Bible talks about marriage. Let's go back to relationships and marriage. The Bible says to cleave, leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. You know what cleave means? Cleave means to stick. Stick. Now, some of you are sitting here, and you come unstuck. Some of us here have went through horrible divorces. Some of us here have lost mates. Some of us have went and remarried, and God's grace is all into that. I'm just telling you, stop looking back, and let's look forward. That game is over. I don't know if it's true or not, and, but I've heard it several times. And I'm not saying you have to be a fan of them, but you have to acknowledge what they've done. But Coach Belichick, they say he tells his guys, I'm going to give you a week to look at your ring, kiss your ring, talk about your ring, take your ring. Now they have six of them. Take your ring and show it off. But after that, I want you to put it in the box because we're going to focus on next year and getting another ring. We're focusing on what God has this year. How many say amen? There's three messages in the word love. Number one, Agape, A-G-A-P-E, means God's unconditional love. He loves you just where you're at. He loves you not based on your performance. He loves you because he paid a price for you with his son's blood and life. And that is unconditional. You can't be good enough, like I said, smart enough, whatever. He loves you unconditional, and he separates the sin in your life from you. He does not like the sin. He paid a price so we could have victory over the sin. How many say amen? And we take certain sins into us that destroys us from the inside out. That's why he talks about sexual sins. You take it into your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God will forgive you, and God will move on in forgiveness, but it affects us. We have to work our way out of that. So God wants us. I mean, people walk up to me today and say this. You can't expect sexual purity today. I said, you show me chapter and verse where it quits. We can't expect it if we declare it, and if we demand it, and if we 
If we put it first in our life, how many say amen? That's what the Bible says. You say, well, why are you talking about that? I'm tired of our whole lives being messed up, ain't you? I'm tired. I want to see God, you know, I just want to see his love received and given. The next definition of love is philo, uh, P-H-I-L-E-O, where we get the word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. That's a brother-sisterly love. That's a love you have for people and, and like family, and that's a love where you, that's what you uh, saw last week, the screen, all those guys wish me happy birthday, guys and ladies. That's a brotherly love. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a brotherly love. So we got the agape love that's unconditional. It's based on what God's done, not what we've done. We've got a brotherly love that's given back and forth between people who have great connection, and we have one more definition of love, and that's eros, E-R-O-S. That means erotic. That means fleshy, fleshly. That means carnal. That, that love is only, that's a selfish love. That's a love only looking for uh, carnal satisfaction, and it's never, it never lasts. It's, it's when our bodies either, you can even talk to it about sexual sin, but you can take it further to uh, craving too much to eat, craving something that, that you want to do outside of, you know, basically Jesus said if we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we begin to love ourselves as we love our neighbors, we got it all worked out. And how many knows constantly we got to reset ourselves back and, and as we allow God to use us and as we love him and move forward, I want you to turn to Isaiah with me, chapter 60, and I want to read from the Amplified, and I want to put it, it's going to put it on the screen. So here's, here's how I want to close with today. We reset ourselves to always go back to God. We reset ourselves to reset our families. Men and single moms, if you're running your family, or single dad, you're responsible for those children, you and I. We're responsible, we're responsible for their spirituality to a point. We're responsible for their physical protection, their provision, that's what men do. But there comes a time when I think we have to readjust ourselves by the Spirit of God and we look forward to what God is doing. Again, in marriages, in marriages, it's going to come down to four major issues that the enemy will try to use through deception, even through facts at times, not the truth of God's Word, to separate you and bring you apart. And when he separates us, it, 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 it um, reduces and it uh, weakens our ability to work as a family and kingdom-minded. Number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one problem in a marriage or a relationship of people is communication. Communication, not speaking clearly, not speaking the truth in love, not saying what God says, not being clear in what you're saying, not being specific, not all those things. How many's ever done something and your mate didn't know it, and when the mate found out, you were in trouble. Raise your hand. Talk Pastor Pat. How many's ever made, made a major purchase, and you come in, and, you, and your mate goes, well, why'd you do that, or what'd you do that? Anything. Number one thing is communication. Let me ask you this. Jesus is the head of the church, according to several places, especially Ephesians chapter 5. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the, he's the, the bridegroom. We're the bride of the church. We are the bride. How many knows? He is always speaking to us in clarity, specifics, and grace. How many knows he wants us to speak back to him that way? He doesn't want prayers like this. Oh, favorable God in the most high. He wants you to talk to him like he's your daddy. As a matter of fact, there's one word that says Abba Father. So communication is number one. Sexual situations is number two. Finding out what the Bible says about it. 
that the marriage bed is undefiled. Remember, it's a man and a woman. It's not two women. It's not two men. It's a man and a woman. It's the way God created it so he can reproduce himself in the earth through children. Angels can declare angels don't preach. Children preach. Men and women, boys and girls declare the goodness of God. How many say amen? So we got communication sex number three the biggest issue in couples and even in other relationships is money how it's handled what we do the power of unity doing it together on and on and on and declaring what God says about the money the tithe belongs to him it's his it's his the offering is something that you led by the Holy Spirit give beyond the tithe to propel the kingdom of God the alms, A-L-M-S, the alms are given to people who can never repay you. The oppressed, the broken, the bruised, orphans, people uh, misaligned by life, widows, whatever. That's, that's the three major areas there. Then the fourth thing, that the enemy will try to come and separate a man and a woman over his children. How to raise the children, how to discipline the children, how to propel the children. And especially it's important today with blended families. When people come together and bring their children to become our children. And there has to be a constant, constant submission to the Word of God and submission to His plan and so forth. Well, I feel like I've kind of preached myself crazy and happy here, but I just want to end with this. And I want to end with this from the Amplified. It says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you Rise to a new life. Everybody say a new life. A new life. Did you hear the Spirit of God challenging us this morning? I've got mountains for you to climb and you to take. There's people in this room, your calling is in the mountain of education. There's people in this room, your calling's in business. There's people in this room, arts and entertainment. There's people in this room called to the medical field. There's people in this room called to sales and retail. You've got a mountain. You're probably already on it. God wants you to take it. God wants you to believe to take it. I'm telling you, excellence is going to explode in the church realm. And I'm not just talking about how things look. It's how we do it. It's integrity. It's grace. It's people drawn to the light of God's goodness. When we get to heaven, some of us are going to be so awestruck, we're going to be sitting there looking at streets of gold between the gates, giant, giant gates of pearl. We're going to be going, oh, shucks, like Gomer Powell, can I go in there? And God says, I want you ready to step on gold while you're here. It's time to take what God has given unto us, the wealth of the world system, to win the world to Christ. You see how it gets excited? We talk about money, everybody's jumping up and down. You know, I'm going to tell you something. When, when, when Mary Magdalene came to the feet of Jesus in the house, in the, and she brought in an alabaster box, and she broke it, and she poured it on Jesus, and Judas went nuts because it was worth it was worth a um, um, a, a hundred yeah a year's wages. It was worth a hundred denarii, uh, three hundred denarii a year's wage, five days a week, a year's salary. I don't know what you make a year. Maybe twenty-five, maybe fifty-five, maybe eighty-five, maybe a hundred five, maybe two hundred five, maybe eighteen five. She came in and she broke it. And he went nuts and he said what the other disciples were thinking, but they wouldn't say it. Why do you do that when we have the poor? Jesus had previously said the poor will be with you always. You're never going to run out of poor. You're never going to run out of promise. And here's what I got from that. Worship is never wasted. She worshiped him. 
with that. She worshiped. A year she saved up. A year she poured that on him. That day she arose. She separated herself from average that day. Arise from the depression and prostration with circumstances. We've all got circumstances. I say we put them behind us this morning. I say we put them on the feet of Jesus this morning. I say we put them on the blood this morning. And I say we declare and move forward. And I dare you to track where you're at right now and a year from now see where you're at. If you and I will arise and face and allow the Spirit of God to move us forward. Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of God. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's it. Just start flicking your bick. Just say, well, Pastor, I can't. Just start flicking your bick. Just start praising him. Just start thanking him. Just start appreciating him. Just go home and thank him for the chair, you, your TV you got, the vehicle you got, the feet you got, the hands you got. Just start thanking him. You don't have to go to hell. Because Jesus done been there, we don't have to go to hell. Jesus laid there and come out of there. Jesus took a big leap. Jesus took a big leap. I think it was Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Is that correct? And he said one small step for mankind, one giant leap, or whatever he said. I'm telling you, that's not the leap we should focus on. It's the day he stepped out of that tomb and gave us freedom and victory for our entire being. So arise. I say we arise. I say we arise. Let's stand up right now. Let's stand up and practice a little bit before we go home. Next week we'll talk about making the right choices in love and making the right choices in relationships and I just I just declare today that we're gonna step into some things are you ready to step into some things some of us have been standing in stuff I'm not gonna mention what stuff is we've been standing in stuff a long time I just say it's time to step out of it and step into what God has that you've got to rise he's not gonna he's not gonna just jack you up and throw you out there we have to step beyond the circumstances Step beyond what's hindered us. Step beyond those things. How many's ready to do that? Let's lift our hearts and hands to the Lord. Father God, I just thank you today. Here we are. We're so thankful, Lord, of what you started in us and what you've done in our lives. Thank you, Father, for giving us life. Thank you for giving us life on this earth. Thank you for allowing us to live now. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for our mamas and daddies, wherever they are. Some are with you, some are here. Some might even be scattered and not with you right now. But, Lord, we thank you for them. We call them home. Thank you for our siblings. Thank you for the call of God on their lives, our, our families, Lord, our aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins. And, but, Lord, thank you more for the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters. We speak arise, arise past circumstances. Arise past laying prostate. Just alive in you, Lord, where we don't have to keep laying. We can get up. Get up. The Lord would say to you, I'm ready. I'm ready. You take that first step. It's just like the prodigal head to his daddy. I'm ready. I'm ready to run and meet you. I'm ready to redress you. I'm ready to repower you. I'm ready to reposition you. I'm ready to repurpose you. I'm ready to launch you. But before we do that, I want you to come. Be in my presence. We're going to have a banquet. We're going to celebrate. 
I'm going to restore joy in you. I'm going to restore peace in you. I'm going to restore grace in you. I'm ready, the Lord would say. I'm ready. Father God says, I'm ready. Just take that step. Just take that step. Take that step. Take, take that step. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord would speak to the women today to arise. You are daughters of God. There are many women in this place. You have a call on your life, and you're not stepping into it because you're confusing your gender with a ministry call and a husband-wife. It's two different things. We are called to submit to our husbands. We are also called to be daughters of God. If your home is at peace and your first place is to be in agreement with your husband at home, if your husband is listening to God and he recognizes that God is calling you as a woman to step out, then he will love you and he will support you. Make sure that you are motivated from a home that is in order. But stop using the lies of the enemy and the oppression that the enemy has used against women in our region for years and years and years and tried to oppress women and cause them. We've had people to leave this church because I stood up in the pulpit and spoke and they said women cannot speak. That is not biblical. I have spoken other locations and immediately had someone come up to me and say that I was out of order and that I was unbiblical. That is not the truth. Study the Bible for yourself. Women, arise. Arise, Deborahs. Arise, Esthers, in Jesus' name and take your place in the kingdom of God. The Bible says neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female. You are a daughter of God. Arise. Arise. Arise, daughters. We need you in the kingdom. We need you. You are called and you are equipped. Now rise up and take your place. God has things for you to do. Come out from under the lies and the oppression of the enemy. The Bible does not say that you are to submit to men. The Bible says you are to submit to your husband. The Bible says we are to submit one to another. Men to women and women to men. In Jesus' name, I declare a breaking of the oppression of the lies of the enemy against the women of this church in Jesus' name. And I call forth the gifts of God that are in you women to arise in alignment with God, in alignment with your homes, and in alignment with your hearts. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're just going to take it one step forward because uh, I just have to be obedient to the Lord. You know, one day I've got to stand in front of God and answer for everything I did or didn't do with you guys. And uh, that's, uh, that's probably the thing, <clears throat> if I have apprehension, anything fear the most is 
things I did wrong, not aiming to, or maybe being rebellious, whatever. But I'm going to finish with this. Ladies, I just ask ladies to come up here. You know you've got a call. Come on up here. You know you've got a purpose. Get up here, and Brooke, we're going to pray over you. Come on up here, ladies. And it includes every lady because every lady has a call. Every lady has a call. And I want my mother, wherever my, my mother, Brooke, could you bring my mom up here, you and her, come up here, please. Mom, I want you up here. Come on up here, ladies. Men, I just want you to reach your hands out toward these precious ladies. Because I tell you the truth, most of us grew up in churches where one of the ladies there wouldn't be at church. And, and Mom, I just, as, as uh, you stand between Brooke and I, you know, you, I, just, I just felt this, Mom, in my heart. The Lord wanted to tell you, your call was just as significant as a male pastor. Your call has affected so many people. But in your latter years that you have now, God is going to ask you to arise and step out at another level. The, the heart of a pastor, the heart of an evangelist, the heart of a prophet, the heart of an apostle and teacher has been in you. You taught Howard and I when we were five years old. We got off the school bus. And you taught us the things of God. And now it's time you see yourself as a handmaiden of the Lord with a call with that importance. Because, Mom, you've always hid behind and pushed yourself down and no, no, no. And like these other ladies, we're going to pray over these precious ladies. So, guys, reach your hands out today toward these women. And, Brooke, you got a mic. You receive that, Mom? Everybody put a demand on her. Everybody put a demand on her because there's things, God, there's things God wants her to finish before she leaves this earth. Well, Father God, I thank you today. Brooke and I as pastors of this church, that just the honor, the honor and the privilege to pastor these precious people. Father, we thank you for release today. A movement of the women of this church and this church network to step into their calls to step into their mountains, to step into their purposes, and to step into their graces, Father. We come against fear. We come against peer pressure. We come against ignorance. We come against everything that would hinder them. Past mistakes, past failures, all gone away. It's a new day, and new wine is being poured into a new wineskin. And this wineskin is genderless when it comes to ministry. It's genderless. Not in a husband and wife, that's gender. That's very plain. But it's genderless because the Deborahs and the Esthers and the Naomis and the Ruths and the Marys and the Elizabeths and on and on and on and the Hannahs, we could go forever. The Lydias, the people who supported the purpose and the kingdom of God took their place in the Bible. We call them forth. We call ladies this year, 2019, a year of movement, a year of movement, a year of kingdom propulsion, a year of doing what God's called us to do in everything from hospitality to hospital visits, uh, everything from teaching to preaching, everything from the scrubs, the shrubs to scrubs, everything. But Father, we just release this today in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for the opportunity of being raised by a godly woman. 
a woman who loved you from day one, who took her stand, took her stand, even took a stand with my dad in respect. And I remember she said, as for me and Sunday, these two boys will be in church. And then my sister came along. I thank you for my mother. I thank you for the mothers standing before me, the young mothers, the mothers-to-be, the grandmothers. I thank you we're going to find our places and purposes in Jesus' name in 2019 and moving forward. There is movement amongst our body of believers. Men, we're going to find our place, take our place. As Christ loves the church, we're going to love our wives and our moms and aunts and we're going to do what you've called us to do, and we're going to do it as a family of believers in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. When I say three, let's just all shout Jesus and give him a hand clap. Amen. One, two, three. Jesus! Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, hallelujah. Cody?